We recorded a podcast. You downloaded it. Welcome back to the Dark House on the Hill, the podcast where we cover all things horror-related, ranging from movies to literature to merchandise. This week, we're doing 1987 film Hellraiser, written by Clive Barker, based on the novel... The he- it's the Hellbound novella? Heart? Novella. It's called a novella. Yeah, novella. The Hellbound Heart, he wrote that as well. Um, I think that's the only... Bo- There's two books in the series that Are he's there? written. There's that one, and then he wrote one that just came out a few years ago that teams the Hellraiser series up with Scott Bakula's character from Lord of oh, Illusions. yeah. Harry. Now this was supposed Harry to Dean be, Stanton. No, I, think, no, no, I want to say Harry Latour. Le, Le the, the yeah, Le it's Le something. It's Le French. French. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I think it's, it's similar to the guy that writes all those westerns, right? There's a, there's a oh, guy. Oh, Lamour. Yeah, Louis Lamour. Louis Lamour. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. kind of like that. <laughs> um, no, it, it was actually a planned. I want to say it was a planned sequel to. Um, I want to say it's a planned sequel to Lord of Illusion that yeah. never came to be because Lord of Illusion wasn't that big of a movie. That movie was so, actually kind of awesome. That movie's awesome. Yeah. Um, and like, I would have loved to have seen this as a film, but apparently I guess he just adapted it to a book. The no, he read, I mean, it's a book. Yeah. yeah. But it so was he, a book after the fact, right? I think he always planned for it to be a book. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so I, I, I don't think there's many talks for a movie. I could be wrong. Let's get but Scott, Scott Spatula back for this. Uh, Scott Spatula is <laughs> getting back for this movie. I can't imagine a world with Scott Bakula in a room with like pinhead that just sounds so weird to that'd me. be awesome it sounds yeah really, I'd, I'd watch it, it sounds 90. better than whatever they did with the other hellraiser movies which we yeah. will get into because um as of right now at the timing of this podcast there are nine movies with a tenth on the way coming out in just a few weeks oh my god um judgment so, day i believe okay let me bring this up because i'm really confused by this now uh about a year or two ago on the net clive barker stated that he was going to remake hellraiser and Why? he, I, it just he, they had new designs for like Pinhead oh, and Cent- new designs Cent- for Cenobites. Because I know they wanted to do a lot he of stuff for the they wanted to do a lot of stuff with the Cenobites in the '87 version, but they couldn't just because of budget and oh really makeup constraints and all that. They wanted to have like more interactions with them, but it just wasn't happening. So he, I know he wanted to he wanted to remake it. Now is this this isn't the remake? No, the remake's not happening. So it's not happening anymore. Nope. Oh, so you saw the trailer. It's not a remake. Yeah, I was going to say, I looked at it, I was like, am I mistaken somehow? Well, there's actually a lot like, of history about the franchise as a whole, and we'll get into it. But let's start off with the first one real quick. Um, for the next 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get it. Okay, right off the bat, do we like this movie? Yes. Yeah, I think it's pretty solid. I think it it's holds a up. solid horror movie. Um, I feel like the acting at times is a little cheesy. Yeah, because apparently uh, most of them, if not all of them, are actually British actors. Okay. And, and they dub their voices with American uh, voices. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why I was like, why does Frank look like he's a guy from Jersey City, like, in human form? And then yeah. when he's talking, he's, like, from the UK. Like, the entire time, he has, like, an accent. Really? Do you not notice that at all? No, I actually thought it was done pretty well, to be oh, honest really? with you. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. It just didn't fit at all, okay. I feel like, so. Okay. But this it sounds Okay, this sounds really weird, but it looks like a British movie. It does. Yeah, it does. It, it has, has the, Okay, yeah. you guys see yep, that? It has, it like, well. that overcast sky look. And, and like the lens is a little bit more blurrier. And it's apparently, like it sounds, I know these are like weird little things, but if you look at like BBC, old BBC productions, yeah, it looks like American something like uh, like uh, which we call it Downton Abbey. It looks yeah, like something it's in Downton Abbey. Yeah, it looks older than it 
actually is because it's 87 but it almost kind of looks like a 70s movie sometimes which, which is funny because apparently clive barker wanted to to set this movie in the uk but the studio wanted to reach to american audiences so they filmed it in america that's bizarre oh wow yeah that okay. is, yeah, that's insane. And now bizarre. I'm totally like, I'm totally lost. <laughs> yeah. Forget everything I just said. It looks like a British film, but it's no, that's a, but I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to film it like I think it just came across as even though it was oh, in America, yeah. it's still okay. I see what you're saying. Like it was filmed from you know, but like Clyde Barker's British, right? Yeah. So it looks like a British movie, but it's actually filmed in America. But I I totally understand what you're saying though. Okay. So now, if you haven't seen the film, I don't know why you're listening to this. But <laughs> I, I'm going to say pretty much the synopsis. And the reason I'm going to say the synopsis, I have, I'm going somewhere with this. But basically the plot is um, we have a character, Uncle Frank, who buys this mysterious box. And when it's like a puzzle box. And when you play with it, um, it pretty much brings out, I think they say either heaven or hell, whichever you desire. Yeah. Or something like that. It ends up pulling him apart and killing him. And then he kind of disappears from his house. And then yeah. his brother moves in. And at the same time, Frank starts to come back alive after some blood like regenerates him. So the whole movie is about this woman who is feeding Frank these bodies to get his Which body is back. Basically, uh, the guy's—it's Frank's brother's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and she is just doing this because she's in love with him. Well, finally, he comes back in full flesh form and everything. And then we get stuff with the Cenobites, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the reason I bring this up—well, is- he escapes hell. Yeah, that's the whole reason. He he no, I'm sorry, it's not hell. He escapes their the Cenobite their world. area, the Cenobite yeah. world. But the weird thing about this movie is, because I haven't watched this in a few years, this movie is about the Cenobites, but they are barely in it. They're only it in is, it in the last 15 minutes or so. It's weird. I forgot how like, but it's kind of not cool. in it. They are. It's kind of cool because they're almost like the they're almost like the hell police or heaven police or whatever. Yeah, because they're like oh citizens on patrol. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're like, citizens arrest. <laughs> citizens arrest. Because they're like, uh, they're basically looking for for him, right? Or not really. They don't even know he escaped until she says it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like they're trying to reclaim him, which is kind of I never even realized that. Um. Yeah. And there, I actually read the novella a couple okay. years ago. They're barely in the book as well. Hmm. In fact, Pinhead is in the background, and he's really only mentioned in like one sentence in the. But entire Pinhead's book. like not his name, right? In, uh, in the book, or, they don't really have. Names. I think that was a name that was created by like fans. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. just a sentence that like it's like when they're okay. So in the beginning, the, uh, this is probably the biggest difference. The book is pretty much verbatim what the movie. Okay, is. house or and the, everything. Or the movie is verbatim what the book is. Um, but like what ends up happening, the biggest difference in the book is that when Frank is opening up the box in the beginning, we get like a full like couple pages about actually what happens Ooh, to him when he opens the box. That's pretty cool. Um. One of the things being that it's like it's to the point where it's going to get pretty graphic here, guys. <laughs> Close uh, your ears. It gets to a point where it's like it gives him like extreme pleasure to the point yeah. where he like has an orgasm. Yeah. And uh, and then that's like right before right before anything bad happens to him, like the Cenobites show up. Oh. And that's yeah. when like kind of all the chain stuff comes in. Now Pinhead shows up as a Cenobite, and but as they're describing all the Cenobites. It's just kind of a throwaway sentence, and it's just there's a there's one Cenobite that's standing in the background with pins all around his head, nice. and that's literally the only mention of Pinhead. Well, I feel like no dialogue or anything. No, that's oh. it. Like that's the only time you really mention him. I think he might show he shows up, but that's the only like real great. That like, probably wouldn't have worked in the movie, but uh, that's cool for the book. In all honesty, watching this probably like maybe the sixth, seventh time I've watched it, this is Julia's movie. Like it's she's, oh yeah she's yeah. the main yeah. character. 
which is so weird to think about because when you think Hellraiser, you think, oh, Pinhead, he's on the cover. Yeah. And then you also might think that it's actually the daughter's movie is Christy. Christy or Kristen? Kirsty? Kirsty? Yeah. You think it might be her movie, but I really feel like it's Julia's. She is pretty much the main character in this. Yeah, and and, um, Kirsty is like in the background for about like, what, 70% of the movie? And she doesn't come back up until her dad gets killed. Like, yeah. She shows up. She shows up periodically, like interacting with that uh, vagrant, you know? Yeah. Periodically, but uh, it's mostly Julia. And then up until the end where uh Kirstie spies on her stepmom basically like luring men into the house that's when it like basically becomes her movie yeah it transitions oh, like a transition okay that's yeah. a good way of looking at it uh question just let's just talk about like we all love this movie would we say we love this movie yeah I, I really like it yeah yeah okay <laughs> what what really works for this movie honestly let's talk about, like i mean okay. this is a question i like to ask because it's been 30 years now yeah and yeah I want to talk about what really like. Why does this movie stand out? We we see a lot of imitations after this movie, but why does this movie seem so successful for '87? I think there's a lot. Um, I feel like the topic itself, because I've I've read a good amount of Clyde Barker's works, um, mainly his short stories. Actually, all of his short stories, but um, like uh, from was it Books of Blood? I read Books of Blood, and I read um, I can't remember the other one. I, there's a couple that I've read, but um, he is really big into. And then not like shoving it in your face, but I think it's like a, a blurred line of between sex and pain. Yeah. And okay. yeah. that is a big theme that is in a lot of his stories. I mean, that's like the whole premise of the Hellraiser, yeah. Cenobite. And I feel universe. like there's nothing like that. So I feel like it's a topic that's never really been touched before. Because yeah. this is, I mean, this is the point where Clive Barker in 87 is to the point where Stephen King says, man, this is the guy that I used to be. Oh, like, he okay. says this about Clive Barker. Okay. Um, and as just as a writer and stuff. But I feel like with Clive Barker, what really works is he writes a lot of what I like to call like mystery box stories. No pun intended. No pun intended. But like, it's like you just don't know what you're reading. Yeah. Um, I've never read any of this stuff before. Okay. But you're like, you, I mean, you know, Nightbreed. Yeah. And you okay. know, Candyman. And you know, Hellraiser. Lord of Illusions. Yeah. Lord yeah. of Illusions. But like, those stories are. You're you're so in the dark about certain elements and like the actual plot, and then it gets kind of revealed to you. It's kind of like the same way H.P. Lovecraft used to. That's what I, I was going to say. Like Clive Barker created this universe, and it's almost like a Lovecraftian, you know, kind of mysterious. Because like the Hellraiser thing, they're not like after watching the movie, they're not from hell. Like, yeah, that's the thing. They're, they're not angels and demons. Yeah, or they're they've been classified as angels, but at the same time, other people call them demon or. Yeah, people basically demons from hell. And he said, and Pinhead says this in the whole they speech. Really angels any... to some, demons to others. Yeah, yeah. they're like other dimensional creatures, which is like very interesting. Stuff. It's very creepy. Yeah, and it kind of it holds your attention. And the story, I feel like with Hellraiser, really does that, where it's just kind of, um, the flow of it is just so weird, and you're trying to like, it's not spoon fed to you, it's not sure. told to you exactly what yeah. everything is. And I think that's how like what needs to so happen it keeps your interest yeah and i think that needs to happen more with like horror movies today where you create okay. this like intrigue or mystery because i want to say it's different from like nightmare on elm street because i feel like nightmare on elm street opens up it was fine in the beginning it opens up and it's like freddy krueger we know who freddy krueger is like immediately and but it's it does it's not bad it was fine in bad. the beginning of like say nightmare on elm street but then it started explaining like how he got like a job from the dream like yeah. the dream the dream people or whatever 
Oh, well, every... Adam Sandler. Every, yeah, go go to our Cinema Cult podcast did for, episode. for yeah. uh, Freddy yeah, 6. Yeah, it goes, wait, like in Halloween, you learn about the cult and all that. And that's the thing, like, with a lot of these horror sequels is, like, every every movie, every sequel has to give out more information. Exactly. And the nightmares are probably the worst at it because every single nightmare movie... It just progressively gets worse and yeah, worse. Every one, it's like, they tell you exactly... Like, they tell you more information and more information. And it's and like, it's, I don't care anymore. I don't really To the point where you is... get them, like, five, and I think it's his mom was raped in a they actually, psychiatric hospital. That's, that's actually... Hospital no, and... it goes as early as uh, Dream Warriors, where that's revealed. Oh, yeah. So, by the third movie, you know almost everything about Freddy Krueger. And it's just like... I think it's because they show it in either four or they five. Show it, they, they show it, it in, they show it in five. five, but they hint at it in... Or they actually talk about it because that nun, the mom, is yeah. in three. So it's like they by by the third movie, they already explained everything. Yeah, so it's like... But like I, I feel like that kind of ruins it. But this is... Yeah. I mean, we, good I think Hellraiser works just because of the mystery box. Aspect. I think that's a big part. And the, yeah, I would say just tagging on that, like the fact that they don't even show up until like the... They show up in the beginning for like a minute. And they don't even show up until the very last, like, 15 minutes of the And movie. that usually makes a good horror movie is when you don't shove it in your face. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, even talking about, like, the, I mean, Friday the 13th, you don't even see the killer. Mm-hmm. And then with the original Halloween and the original Nightmare, yeah. you see him sparingly. So it is scary when they pop up on the screen. That's why it makes it so effective. Yeah. Now, so let me ask you this then. Because of this, like, kind of, like, form of storytelling where it's kind of like the Boba Fett effect. Okay. Where like oh, yeah. they're just in the background and yeah. you don't really know what they do and we kind of finally get to see what they do, but it's not only fully. for for a few minutes. Yeah. By the time she closes the box, they're done. Yeah. Um, do you think this hurts that movie to set it up for sequels? Because now it's not like you look at. I mean, we keep bringing up Halloween, Night on the Street, and Friday the Thirteenth, and they're all slasher films, and you can keep kind of telling that story. Does that hurt? Does Hellraiser hurt itself because like it's kind of unadaptable into a second film? Or um, like second, third, fourth. Oh, I like say franchise. yeah. I guess franchising a story that could be. Uh, the second book was just a couple years ago. Oh, so it's a new one. Yeah, this is like insanely gotcha. recent. Yeah. So yeah, I think franchising uh, a story that's only written to one book or novella mm-hmm. kind of hurts it because Candyman like, has the same thing. Yeah, there's like four movies or three movies. Right? Yeah, but like you get done watching Candyman, like the story's almost is like over basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's really kind of there's no universe to like I don't want to say there's no universe to explore, but there's not like it ends on to a, a it ends on a pretty dark note in the movie at least. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think expanding it way beyond the the story's needs, like in the book format, because like you said, like the Cenobites they only show up for like they're in the background pretty much. Mm -hmm. I think when you start explaining more and more and more, like over the course of several movies, that's when it starts to like really hurt the the characters or the story itself. I agree. So I agree. A few other things I do think that um, make this movie stand out and I'll just say them and then we'll start a conversation. Like how conversations start, (laughs) which is what we've been doing for a few episodes now. (laughs) I'll Um, say something. Then you guys say something and then I'll respond. And uh, (laughs) then we can move on if we decide. (laughs) Special effects are cheesy at times, but I feel like for the time we're groundbreaking. Yeah. And then the soundtrack. Um, well, let's go to special effects first. Yeah, special okay. effects. Um, the scene where Frank, what is the word I'm looking for? When he comes back from the, Res- the, the resurrection of Frank. Yeah. or whatever. Yeah, resurrection. Yeah. That's a really good looking scene. Dude, it's, it's awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. This is one of those movies that's really gross to me. This is, yeah. This is like one of those movies. It's did like, you, now, did you it's, eat during this? I did. You did? <laughs> I did. I ate breakfast. Oh, God. <laughs> 
I watched it. I was like, this is happening, but I'm I'm so hungry. Okay, background story on Hanto. (laughs) Me and him were eating lunch together, and uh, we were looking for something on Netflix to watch while we we eat, and he put on Nightbreed, (laughs) and we only got to like... To like seriously like the second credit in Nightbreed, which is like two minutes into the movie, it was like the opening credits, yeah, the, or like the, a the minute text, into the movie, the text on the screen and everything. And Hanta's face went white, and he's like, "Yeah, I can't watch this while I eat." <laughs> so tell me, that's maybe, tell it's, just, the audience, maybe it's just Clyde Barker then. Yeah, maybe tell Clyde the audience about sense. your uh, your '90s gore. It's like '80s, late '80s, '90s gore. It really grosses me out sometimes. I think it's just the texture or something. I can see that. I feel like like the gray texture of Frank when he first reanimates is so gross to me. Really? It's oh, it is. So disgusting. I guess like puddles of like white foam and yeah. Like, and I, I think I, I think that's, this... they 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 succeeded because they grossed me out with it. Now I'll agree with you, but like seventies movies gross me out because Not every time really. somebody gets stabbed, it looks like putty. Yeah, like their skins like, like made out of putty, and it's there's like, like blood it's behind like, it. And it's like, like red liquid metal. Like in Terminator, yeah. it looks yeah. like it's like that solid texture to it. It's really just I don't know, like like very like pukish tone colors yeah. and yeah. I actually I might agree with Hanta in the early '90s stuff. There are some things. There's that, some stuff that really yeah. grosses me out. And what are some highlights? What do you mean? Can you guys think of some that like stand out? That not the top. Some of my '90. Head. Gr- Maybe I mean, we'll go into a special effects episode. <laughs> we can talk about the episode. top top puke or top five puke fests. Yeah, that'll be our next episode. <laughs> Oh, well, with the special effects and everything, I mean, other than just, I mean, like the monster towards the end that kind of crossed the hallway. That was kind of groovy, yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't look bad. Did you say groovy? I said groovy. Groovy. Okay. Yeah, groovy. <laughs> it's groovy. Um, <laughs> it doesn't look bad. It is a little... It's like when you show uh, more of like a, a wider shot of it. And when the close-ups, yes. it's like fine. Yeah, I agree. But when you see like the eyes like looking around different directions and you're like, that's kind of... That's it, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, the makeup for the Cenobites... Um, Pinhead is so iconic. What a simple hey, one. I feel proper like... use of that word. Yeah, there you go. Say. Iconic. Did I say iconic? Yeah, that's, that's how, how you use okay. that word. All right. <laughs> that's how you use it. I use it so often, I don't know when I say it. Um, I feel like the makeup's really good, but I feel like it has a lot to do with Doug Bradley as well. Yeah. Doug okay. Bradley does awesome. And as apparently, in the trivia, I don't know how accurate this is, apparently he originally auditioned for one of the movers in the beginning of the movie. Oh, really? And then turned down initially turned, the, uh, turned down the role for Pinhead. But then wow. I think he ended up getting obviously. Also, his line was probably like, "Hey, can we get a beer? Hey, do you have yeah. any beer in the fridge? Do you have any beer? Yeah." <laughs> or it was like, "Where do you want me to take the box?" <laughs> <laughs> that was his moving you, moving man line. You are like, "Oh, like you, Clive Barker's <laughs> rubbing his chin." He's like, "All right, you called the movers. We came." <laughs> I hold on. I'm trying. I asked for a beer. You gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got our pinhead. Yeah. I watched this movie with my girlfriend. And she goes, all right, I'll watch this movie with you if you sign up for this clothing thing I want you to try online. I said, fine, deal. So we watched it, and she's like, all right, so you're going to sign up? I was like, yeah, if we watch the second one. And then without even thinking about it, she's like, that wasn't the deal. And <laughs> she said it just like that, and I was like, I was like, good for you. I was like, all right. That's so awesome. <laughs> uh, but no, Doug Bradley kills it. Yeah. And I don't know. I know there's been there's three incarnations now of pinhead okay there was one for the ninth movie that came out um which was like what about, do you mean by incarnations well like? different actors who have played pinhead oh really yeah um because you had doug ridley for the first eight and then the ninth one was um i guess what i've heard is that they only made the movie to secure the rights for hellraiser if okay. they didn't make a movie they'd lose it and then this tenth one that's coming out is a new actor as oh, well i didn't know it was a different person the one previously yeah okay yeah 
That's so um, I think he does a great job. Even the the woman who plays the Lady Cenobite, she does a really good job. Yeah. Um, and then they're originally going to give dialogue to the uh, was it um, the Chatterer, Chatter Teeth, Chatterer, and then I forget what the other guy's name is. I'm it's like sure. the, the name designated for him. Okay. Like the bigger one. Yeah. They apparently had dialogue, but they like when they tested it out with the makeup, it just it was how coming could, out as How muffled. could Chatter talk with like? <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> it's really cold. I'm gonna eat you. <laughs> you open the box. <laughs> what? Excuse me. Excuse me. Welcome to your Hellraiser. No, what is that? That's his, that's his voice. They're like, yeah, it's not gonna work. <laughs> I want you to welcome. Why don't you open the box? We came. <laughs> it is. It totally is. Um, yeah, no, I, I did want to bring up the soundtrack. Yeah, because they recently um, we brought this up before, but we're big into vinyl, and they just re-released the 30th and it is 30th, right? Yeah, 30th. Yeah, 30th anniversary edition of this vinyl, and I always knew the score was good watching the movie, but we all picked this up. Seeing it in the movie itself was actually way better. I feel like. Yeah. Now there, there's actually two scores for this movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, There's a there's a legendary one that I've never heard by Coil. Oh, and it was actually yeah. the first. They were the first ones to. I don't. I don't know who's in Coil, but it's like an industrial rock. I've band. never heard this before. Yeah, but they actually did the score first, and it didn't. Clive Barker didn't like it, yeah. so he um, went a different route. A lot of people want this. I, I don't know if this Coil score has been released. It's got you guys know? somewhere there, right? I, I don't think so. I don't. I actually haven't even heard about this. Until, okay, uh, but yeah, this was the original score for it, and. Okay. Um, I love the score for this it'd be, movie. It'd be interesting to hear that if, it, if it's like anything industrial like Silent Hill. Because in Silent Hill, the soundtrack yeah. for the video game is like pretty industrial. Yeah. It would kind of fit for this movie. It I would really like. fit. And I feel like it, it would fit and it and that's why it wouldn't work. It wouldn't stand yeah, out. Yeah. I really like, like this score because we talked about it before. It's Christopher just, Young, right? Yeah. It's a beautiful score. It doesn't fit. No. It's very romantic yeah. and well, yeah, I think it's, that's a, it's I think, gorgeous. And I it's think almost like a, a trip through like. And I think that's the point. It's like the Hellbound Heart. It's like almost romanticized in a way. Well, yeah. say this movie, yeah, because it's a love story between yeah um, Julia, and Julia Frank. and Frank. Yeah, so I feel it like kind the, of. But I, I feel like know. the best way to describe it, it's like it's like a uh, the whole score is like a journey through like Hell's Castle. Yeah, it's like there's yeah. like there's like ballroom like like tunes. Yeah. And then there's just like straight, just like you're in the depths of hell. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if they reuse the score for two. I don't. I don't but know. visually, um, I could see it because two is basically a castle in hell. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that score. I have to rewatch it. I can't remember. But uh, to go back on the vinyl, okay. I think it's probably my favorite vinyl of all time. It is gorgeous. Whoa. Wow, the big uh, dude. That's a and it's a good some one big words. Yeah, it's because we got there was two different versions. There was the one that came out. And it or had like, like the original Lake records, I think, released. Yeah, like sure. And then the other one was Mondo. Yeah, Mondo and Death yeah. Waltz. And they did some extra artwork for it. And the actual vinyl is like gold with like brown spots on it to kind of look like the color of the actual puzzle box. Yeah, yeah. Just a really gorgeous and looking vinyl. The version that we all have came with the Lament configuration, like a box. We got yeah. the pu- we get the puzzle box. Yeah, make your own box. It's pretty cool. Make- <laughs> it's pretty cool. One thing I had to bring up. So there's a lot of like. I want to say a lot of symbolism, or, but there's like underlying themes in this movie. Okay. What is, I, I, and I couldn't find it online, what is the deal with the carnation that pops up? Oh, on yeah. TV? I was wondering about that. So if you don't remember, basically what it is is when Kirstie's in the hospital, this TV plays. Um, well, no, she even dreams about it before yeah, she opens right. the box. Yeah, she dreams about a carnation blooming. And then later on, when she's in the hospital, there's a TV where like 
whatever is well, on yeah. the TV. Is she, the opened, she opens the box yeah. and then like the IV fills with blood. And then on the TV, it's like a real staticky. And then the dream that she had the scene prior ends up being the same thing with the rose, the carnation or whatever blooming. blooming. And, yeah. you know, and then the wall opens up mm-hmm. and leads into the Cenobite world. Well, okay, I feel what's... like, I feel like, and I feel like I've read this before, but that monster that kind of crawls on the walls, it's supposed to be a phallic symbol. Is it? Oh, yeah. oh I guess with this like little stinger. Well, I was thinking, I think the head looks more like a, a, a phallic symbol. Okay. Okay. <laughs> maybe. A dinky. A dinky. Um, a ding dong. <laughs> dingling. But I was going to say maybe, and I'm, I have no idea, but maybe the carnation could re- represent her like blooming into a woman, like like um, a sexual, like, like a sexual. Blooming, like, I think yeah. that's what they're going for. Okay. To be honest, yeah. But she's old though. That's what's kind of weird. I don't is... think she's not old. What are you talking? Wait, about? Wait, no. This is a uh, Kirsty. Yeah, she's like how old is she? She's nineteen and uh... is she only ni- yeah. like nineteen? So it's like yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I, I I'm with you on it, but that's the only thing that seems kind of weird is that she's nineteen. I think it's like her, and it's like I feel like it's past that. I don't yeah. know. I could just I just, she's too old. I just don't time. know why she would have that dream prior to opening the box. It would make sense, like when she's opening the box, that like having more symbolism or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, I just can't make the connection. I guess. Well, maybe it could have been her like innocence, and then once she opens that box, sure, that's like it could be like a sexual thing as well. Like she's not this innocent, pure woman yeah, anymore. You're entering the the world of pain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. but you know what? There should never be like a like a little bit of like an asterisk at the bottom of this contract. Like if somebody accidentally opens the box, like they show up and they're like, "Are you, you sorry? Know, I didn't mean to open it." Oh, sorry, Art. It's no big deal. It happens all the time. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like I felt I, like that's the only part of the movie I don't like is that you opened the box. It was an accident. Yeah, like it's a total <laughs> accident. Like she doesn't mean to do it because she knows. you open the box. We'll leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like she does it, and uh, it's it is it's a total. There's accident. one in a fur, like in a further movie. I feel like they set up a little girl to open it. Oh, and then people like stand back and watch or something like. Oh, that. weird. Yeah, well, like, but... and I and that's what's kind of weird too. Is uh, I could be wrong. I, I could have made that up. There's a part in three. Yeah, where the guy's having sex with this girl. Oh yeah, and it's like the pinhead tower, or whatever is in the corner, like the I've op- that. yeah, the pinhead the like, obelisk, whatever. It's different. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, and it takes her. I'm and stuck it, in this obelisk. Gets me out. But like it, it he it, he's the one who bought it, and it eats oh, her yeah. for some reason. Yeah, and I like I don't know what the rules are with this. Like I think it's the same thing with like you the have Freddy Krueger. Get where the back in it, or is it's it the like, same thing with the Freddy Krueger where they change the rules throughout the movies. Because in Freddy Two. It's not dreams anymore. Freddy possesses bodies. Yeah. And then after two, that never becomes a thing. Like, again. he could definitely do that further in the series, but they just never explore that option or whatever. No. Yeah. yeah. But he can, like, with the they, they set up the rules, I feel like, with Freddy is that you can pull him from the dream world. Yeah. That's also a thing. So too, he yeah. can be a real thing. You just have to pull him. I, like I said, like, I think just writing the book or the novella or whatever, they didn't set up these rules and then when they go into the movie they don't make sense because there's no rules well and i feel like when you make more movies that they have to come on it they have to explain them on the fly pretty much they or have not to explain add, it but just throw them in there they gotta add something to the story and it's yeah. just like the, the whole jason Voorhees like, thing like how do we introduce pinhead and it's like oh it's in this art piece or whatever yeah that, like this guy bought and, then mm. that's and they gotta bring something in. new and they gotta add something to the story and it's gonna be fresh so yeah i get where they're going with it i mean that's what happens with um Fr- the final friday with the whole Jason, you find out that he's a um, some kind beast. of that. If you eat his heart, you'll turn into oh, or whatever. No. Yeah. yeah, Jason goes to hell. He's it's been, like, okay, he's been. That's what I think it's in Jason X is that he's been body jumping. Oh no, he's no, no it's, it's not. It's, it's not. Yeah, no, it's eight. It's, it's at the hell. End of eight. It's hell. Okay, the rule. Hold on. Oh, sorry. The rule is that after eight, when he dies in the sewers, 
oh. that he can body jump between then, and that's how he shows up. And Jason goes to hell. Oh, is that he shows up uh, in a new body? Like he—that's not Jason. That's a new body he took possession of. Are you serious? So when he blows up, that's just the body he took possession of. That's so uh, stupid. I, I haven't heard that. That's what the theory is. But so it's you like, are our Friday Thirteenth resident advisor. So at a certain yeah, point, so he was in like Manhattan and he was body jumping. And so got he just possessed some some kid. Yeah, he got back to uh, he got back to Crystal Lake somehow between eight and nine oh my God. by like body jumping. I don't know. They, they I don't know. They didn't think that's he why was... he looks like a but that's total not any... at the beginning of Jason goes to hell and is like, <laughs> man, the has look... like the little scraggly hair. Baby yeah, hair. it's like the, the baby hair that's like floating in the wind. He's got <laughs> the Bill Murray hair from King Kong. It's like floating in the wind. Yeah, Speaking should. of the the lady sent a bite in this, never really saw that before that she had like hair. Where she probably had like five or six strands of hair oh, really? floating off her head. Yeah, hmm. oh, really? I never caught that. Maybe because I watched it on like a newer TV. Yeah. Um, See, and that's my other thing too. What are the rules as far as like what do you have to do to become a Cenobite? You know, like why can't Frank be a Cenobite? But they establish in two. I think it's because he didn't ex- didn't enjoy it. Maybe like enjoy the I, pleasure. But the they establish pain. in two that Pinhead becomes a Cenobite because the same way Frank did. He opened up the the box. Yeah, You're but, asking too many questions. Yeah. I feel like. These, well, these later are good questions for the no. These are good questions. I know, no, I mean, but like, I feel like for the, yeah for the sequels, I feel like the sequels they were like, um, this person can be a Cenobite. And they yeah, that's in. also true because like I feel like you have to be in the Cenobite world for a very long time and experience all this you know pain and torture. Whereas like Mister DJ Man was only there for one night and he becomes like another yeah. Cenobite in the crew. Like, yeah, because the Doctor and two becomes Welcome, a Cenobite brother. as soon as he gets yeah. down there. <laughs> I just feel like. You don't know anything about yeah. the Cenobites in the first one, so you don't ask these questions. And then the next one's like, you're a Cenobite, you're a Cenobite, you get a Cenobite, and you get a Cenobite. <laughs> like like a it's like that, yeah, it's like that Gremlins, like, they just, in the pitch meeting, they, like, had the guy just throwing out ideas. Exactly. Like, what, what, what kind of yeah. Cenobites do you want to what see? A, what about a guy called CD Man? Googly eye Cenobite. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just a thing of, hey, let's add more to the story, but now we're raising more questions that are never going to get answered. So Hell we're just, raising some yeah. more questions. So maybe this is why the sequels get bad is because there's no... Um, it's because that... I mean, I'm not like knocking the first one at all, but the sequels get bad because it is so vague that there are no rules established and they can go off into anywhere and like there's yeah. no ground there's no groundwork like i think that's like totally... the way the nightmares are or the way that crystal lake is like yeah but you shouldn't have to go into these next movies and add stuff to it it should be about this puzzle box you don't know what it does and you don't want to touch it yeah and that's yeah. it the artifact i feel yeah. like yeah the artifact is kind of like the main star of you mm-hmm. know of these movies and i feel like it doesn't really get enough credit i guess yeah like it's in it's in the the Hellraiser movie, but you don't really see it, and you only see it in the beginning, and then again when like Kersey's in there, pretty much. Okay, yeah. it's like yeah, not it's, really, you know, it you know. is. It's kind of it's the main character. The box yeah. is the main character. Now, I do want to ask really quick: Is there anything that doesn't work for this movie? I mean, we kind of talked about how some of the acting isn't the best ever. I don't think it hurts the movie. Okay, so this is Clive Barker's first movie, though like ever directed and he said that like he had no film experience prior and all he did was buy a book on how to make a movie that's pretty cool and made this yeah so like even if the acting's crap i still have to give it to him for like dude this does not look See, like the, the first time the acting no, didn't really movie. the acting actually didn't really bother me all that's too what i'm much. saying i don't think it was horrible i yeah. mean there's some times where i'm like you would act like this in a situation sure, like sure. i think you'd be a little more terrified yeah you know, et cetera, et yeah you'd say jesus wept when your face was getting ripped off well apparently <laughs> and then he laughs too yeah, and he like apparently laughs. Like, that looks like it hurts dude. yeah apparently uh he was originally gonna say fuck you and then he's like can i say jesus wept and said and they, they threw that's so there. dark man yeah it is it's i remember kinda, like seeing that of, when i was a kid and i was like oh i saw the, yeah i saw this movie for the first time going back to when we first 
saw this movie. I saw this probably when I was about six years old on TV. Yeah. Okay. Oh, really? And it's stuck with me ever since. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, what did you? What would you cut out in this movie? How would you make it TV presentable? Oh, I like can't back even in the nineties. I don't. Even, I think just. I mean, obviously, the Jesus wept. I think it just didn't show. It just showed him like. I feel like every scene would just be like Pinhead showing up, and he'd be like, uh, and it would just cut to like the next scene, and like it would like cut everything off. <laughs> yeah, like, anything, anything that's too scary, they like just cut out. Well, I oh. feel like they used to. I, I think they still do this, but when you have movies that are edited for television, like a a local station, or whatever. So if there's a violent scene, what they'll do is they'll zoom in on the scene. Yeah. So like, okay, well, for example, for with Frank at the end when he's getting torn apart. I bet when that was on TV, it zoomed in like his eyes and nose. Yeah. And then he said that line, or just like on his face, so you couldn't see any of the gore on the side. Okay. Sure. It's so. kind of weird because our generation grew up with that. We grew up with like movies on Fox Censorship and WB and on Saturdays and Sundays. Remember they had like their movie matinee all day? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And we saw so, mo- so many movies that way, and so many of them were cut down and edited. Yeah. And we saw them in that presentation, but nobody does movies like that anymore. I mean, like, I can't think of a station that would present a movie. They video. do. We just don't watch them anymore. Yeah. What have... station? The, those stations you just said. Like local stations? Yeah. yeah. Anything I'm... that we used to watch them on, they still do it. We just watch Netflix now. We have now. Netflix now. Really? Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen any of these stations in probably over 15 years. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. we have these streaming services now. So we just watch uncensored material all the time. Okay, so I do want to kind of bring up the, uh, the franchise as a whole because um, we've said there's going to be 10 now at this <laughs> point. Um, has anybody seen any of the uh, the further sequels? I saw two and three like a very long time ago, and I don't think I've seen anything past three. Well, I feel like for me at least, and I feel like a lot of people might agree, but I feel like three is like the cutting point. Like it's a good solid. Trilogy. Yeah, because they have a they have a CD centibite in that movie. They yeah, CDs from his face or his arm or something. It's yeah, actually, probably... it's a DJ who gets killed with CDs, so then yeah. you can. Is that, actually, what hap- is that what happens um, when you you get killed? You turn into a centibite. Well, no, three is different. No, if there's some stupid shit around you, it gets attached to your face. Wait, what's some stupid like, shit? So if you died in like uh, like a pile of Hot Wheels, like you you come <laughs> back as a centibite with a leather jacket and a bunch of Hot Wheels that are like coming out of your forehead, like you just have Hot Wheels on your fingers. You're like, ah, <laughs> oh man, that is it's... Hot Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> You are now Pogman. Pogman. <laughs> You're shooting Pogs in your mouth. Like, <laughs> your hands are slammers. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder, yeah, that's actually a question that I had for this was, what Cenobite, oh. what Cenobites can we, can we come up with? Because there's, you know, infinite possibilities, I feel there's like. There's seriously period. a lot of Cenobites. I'd be Kane's with. man. Kane's man? Was chicken I'd just be made of chicken. You have literal, literal chicken fingers? I would. <laughs> just chicken your fingers, like, stop. All right, and then I, I had the chicken fingers, and then I put them in Kirstie's mouth to get her to be quiet, and she starts eating. I'm like, stop eating my fingers. Stop <laughs> eating my fingers! Is that how I talk? Yeah, that's how you talk. Well, hellbound, man. You're hellbound. I didn't write it. I didn't write it, dude. The world writes itself. Um, but no, uh, two goes actually into hell. Yeah. It brings back Kirstie and everything. If it is even designated hell, it's just yeah. whatever. Well, Julia's in it, too. Like, I think the entire original. Not Frank, Frank, Frank's in it. Kirst- Frank's in it. Oh, Frank's in it again? Yeah. Okay. Kirstie yeah, and the father. He, even though he explodes or whatever. Yeah, he goes back. Because they, for... they go but... to hell to find her dad, I think. Oh, okay. And um, after that, we have Hellraiser 3, which is Hell on Earth. Yeah. And that one's pretty decent. It's that's, not bad. That's the one where you can kind of tell where it's like. It's starting mm. getting. Is it, it's when they get into the 90s. Now, this is by yeah. the guy who did Waxwork. It oh, is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was it Archie Hickox, I think? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. Um, 
Archie? I think it's Archie Hickox. I don't. It's um. Is that the name of Michael Fassbender's Al- character in uh, Anthony Hickox? Anthony. Anthony Hickox. Archie yeah, Hickox is uh Michael Fassbender in Inglorious Bastards, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Shit. All right, three. <laughs> no, we're staying in. Three, two, one. <laughs> no, let's fix it real quick. Let's stay in. Let's stay in. That's so weird. It's a funny. It's a funny thing to say. Uh, then after that, I mean, four takes place in space. That's so weird. Um, That's the end, Scott one. Well, yes. this is when everybody yeah. was going to space. Yeah, yeah. Leprechaun um, in space. Because this was 96. Leprechaun in space was around then. Jason X would be four years later. Four years, well, yeah. no, technically, Jason X is filmed like two years later. Because they, they shelved Jason X oh, for a while. Oh, it does look like a total late 90s movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, which has some parts in there. Um, and then has some parts. <laughs> after that, I mean, there's one where it's like an online pinhead. That's so weird. Um, when you mix like demons and like ghosts with technology, I, it just never works for me. Because it dates itself so quick. Well, just the, it just doesn't like the concept of it doesn't work. They did that with uh, that Unfriended movie. Uh, actually, I like that movie. I, I like know. that movie. That's yeah, a we, movie. we've talked about this before, dude. I, seriously, like it's okay. That movie. We're stinks. gonna we're gonna deviate for a second. Talk about Unfriended because we're never gonna do an episode about this oh, on yeah. the podcast. No, we're never. But I thought that movie was actually kind of clever because it's a story that could only be told today. So therefore, yeah. I was very entertained because there's never been a story like that before. That's that's fair. I'll give you that. That movie stinks. It's not too stinky, but just a little stinky. Stinks a lot. Just, <laughs> just a tiny bit. Just a tiny. Just a tiny bit. Wow. After that, they all they started going. I think everything after four was straight to DVD. Okay. Um, yeah. That including makes sense. this new one, which I think the new one looks decent. It's actually um, VOD now. It is. I yeah. Know. Which um, VOD is better than just straight video? Yeah, because they don't exist on video stores. There's no anymore. video. Yeah. No, I know, but something about that that title seems almost like it's more, more accessible. Yeah. I, anytime, I mean, growing up, anytime something came straight to video, it was like trash. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, it's crap, man. Straight Except to video. Except for, go off topic, um, we did a podcast last week, and Matt, you left early, and me and Hanto watched the first half of Tremors 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Did you really? <laughs> and, I was like, what are you making up right now? No, and it was um, it wasn't bad. It I, wasn't terrible. I was getting ready to leave. I just, and got, I was like, I just got rid of my collection. Oh, you got Did rid you of really? You got rid yeah. of the action pack. Oh mm-hmm. man, I was gonna text you and say keep that. I'm making room on the shelf. Well, it's fine because HBO just added all of them. That's right. Yeah, so. and then six is getting ready to come out in a few months, along with the new TV shows. So well. doing franchises, we can do Tremors the action pack. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Um, you'll have to go out and rebuy it. <laughs> so this new Hellraiser Judgment. Um, was written as a side script, and they said, why don't we make this a, a Hellraiser movie? Oh, just a, okay. So then they threw everything in there and Pinhead and all that. And um, I don't know much about the movie, but I do know that our girl, Heather Lagenkamp, is in it. Oh, really? Um, I don't know how much she's in it, but um, I remember reading it was a big deal because it was kind of her return to horror. So Sin's probably a new nightmare. Okay. So yeah. this is number five or? For? Oh, Hell, uh, Hellraiser. No, this is 10. Oh, 10. Yeah. Oh. This yeah. is the new one. The trailer oh, we watched okay. before we did that. So. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I'm interested. It's, it's coming out February 13th on VOD. Um, I would not mind talking about this movie because the trailer looked pretty decent. It's uh, kind of a big deal right now. I'll actually, I don't, I'm, I'll, I'm surprised why. I'll actually check it out because, like, I'm very interested in seeing like newer versions of like revived characters. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Like slasher characters. Like, I really like the 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 remake of Friday. Not so much Nightmare on Elm Street, but I like seeing updated versions of like these characters. Now, I want to see though. I want to like. I have I haven't seen past three, so my knowledge of the Hellraiser series is kind of limited. I've read do they more. ever do they ever do like a period piece one? Yeah, four or um, is it just for a minute? No, Space is four, a period piece. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. now is a period piece. Yeah. Um. So 
the fourth one is kind of breaking broken into segments. Okay. It's like a now segment. It's a space segment. And then it's like an old, like, I don't know, 18... early 1800s yeah. starring Adam Scott. And <sighs> it's kind of like the birth of... <laughs> That's awesome. It is. It's, it's, it's entertaining so to weird. watch. That is, is so weird. It's Doing Hellraiser and then Torque, where he's like the main villain in Torque. Which is weird. Oh yeah. yeah, he's got his resume. Yeah. is amazing. But like that's what I want to see. Not sarcasm. Okay, so then it is just for segments for a minute in that movie. I want to see like. Well, a no, full... it's probably about a half an hour, thirty five minutes. Yeah, but I want to see a full Hellraiser movie in like, a, like a period piece movie. You mean like Thomas Jefferson and Pinhead? Like oh, I, would, I would love that. Like what I mean, like you know, Hellraiser or just... during WW two, like that know, the, 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 the that happens. The that's already a story in three. Because uh, the whole thing about Pinhead is he was a soldier. I was World War One soldier. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah he's, I think he's a World War One soldier. It has nothing to do with World War One. But I'm talking about like the Nazis get a hold of like the box. You're just oh. saying you're asking for all these things, and I'm telling you they've already been done. That that's not been a done bad idea. Before? No, no, no. But that sounded cool. I, okay, I, then it hasn't been done no, before. That's that really part. cool. I, I was getting ready to say what I said, and you said that, and I was like, wait, that sounds cool. That would be actually yeah. kind of pretty cool yeah and then like it's kind like, of like because they're like always into the they've been known to like dabble in the occult yeah but then and, they dig too deep in real life it's get... a true story they've gone after like occult items yeah so it would make sense within the story okay yeah. i'm interested so that'd be kind of a cool interested. like Hell... okay. that's the hellraiser movie i want to see yeah okay adolf cenobite yeah that'd be interesting to see yeah like i remember um okay here's a completely off topic thing you can actually cut this out if you want to nope. but i remember watching on usa um Johnny Drama, welcome. welcome. <laughs> um, I remember there was a movie with Tim Matheson. Okay. And it was called Buried Alive. Oh, yeah. I was, oh, hey, I was just yeah. listening to uh, a previous episode of ours, and we yeah. were talking about this movie. Do we? Okay, I didn't know if we ever talked about it. I think this. it's Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee yeah. is in, I think, the Tim Matheson, and then the sequel is with Ali Sheedy, and then Tim Matheson returns, and he's like the mentor. We're having the exact same conversation we did. Oh, you're really? <laughs> from Cinemacle, because I just listened to the episode. Um, what episode was it? Do you I remember? can't remember. Yeah. I just remember watching it and like, you know, as a kid, like turn on USA and I'm like, okay, cool movie. And like that ending terrified me because like he creates this whole like maze, maze inside this house. And I remember, I mean, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably got the, I call it the Carnosaur effect. Um, <laughs> and I know I've talked about this. We have talked about Carnosaur, yeah. Carnosaur scared me so bad as a kid. And I kind of don't want to touch it because I know it's probably not good at all. Yeah. But I have these memories of like, you know, this buried alive moving Carnosaur. And it's Dude, like terrifying. I know what you mean. Because they like, okay. And I don't know if this is the actual ending to Carnosaur, but I think I kind of remember it. It's like okay. they all get blasted away. And the last picture they show is like, this uh, Alfred E. Newman doll. It's Howdy um, Doody. It wasn't Alfred it? E. Newman. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> then that's what I'm saying. From like, Mad I, Magazine. I remember, like, I remember as a kid being Alfred E. Newman and then like the place caught on fire and it cuts to the credits. And I was like, man, that was a dark movie. And I was like, Carnosaur? I was like, there's no dinosaurs in there. <laughs> Just Speaking Alfred E. Newman. Alfred E. Newman. Have you guys ever seen Up the Academy with uh, young Ralph Macchio? Nope. The, end, the ending part where they're driving away, there's an Alfred E. Newman. There's a guy wearing Alfred E. Newman because it's like a mad... Yeah, like oh, a, okay. it's owned by like Mad or whatever. Okay. There's like a Mad produced movie, mm-hmm. but there's a part where there's a guy on the road waving to them as they drive away, and he's just Alfred E. Newman. So but he's okay. wearing like the goofy like head and everything. Is it creepy looking? It's weird. It, it sounds so weird. Bizarre. Okay, so we're gonna even we're gonna go down. Even <laughs> keep going, keep going, don't stop. So, so Mad Magazine picked Alfred E. Newman as their mascot because back in the 20s, Alfred E. Newman was an actual character that a lot of products put. Um, as their mascot and he was in public domain so man magazine thought we're going to use him as like our ma- we're going to use him because he's free and we don't have to pay for anything and everyone already recognizes him so it was actually a really cool like promoting pretty smart that man yeah. magazine did yeah it's pretty cool so that's our podcast on buried alive <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a kind of weird very weird tangent <laughs> 
to get back to the movie, there was one really cool thing. Um, the VHS copy I had had a quote from Stephen King on it, and it said, I've seen the new face of horror, and it's Clive Barker. And I thought that was, what a cool quote to have like on your, <laughs> your brand yeah. by Stephen King. And I feel like I was always kind of bummed because he never took off like I thought he was going to. Yeah. Um, he, I think he has great stuff. But it's not so much mainstream, and like his movies, he kind of stopped with movies as it's well. Kind of, yeah. this, I feel like it's kind of the same with like the H.P. Lovecraft. It's like, you know, it's a good horror like style, but it only reaches to like a certain audience. I, I wish that he would have had like an anthology show. That'd be cool. And same with King. Like I wish King would have had an anthology King, show. They have enough. They each have enough material to last. A King couple did. They which is based off of some of his like uh, anthology or short stories. Oh, Night, Nightmare and Dreamscapes. Yeah, but it. It was it was all right. It was all, well. They they try, I think they tried to push all these short stories into an hour. Yeah, and they only did like eight of them. Yeah, and it was like if they do like the Black Mirror type, which is like four or five episodes that are like an hour long. Yeah, I think it would be like make the 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 durations or like the Sherlock Holmes say where it's like hour and a half episodes, but there's only three in the season. I'd be more inclined to watch that. See, I I I'm I'm have to go against that. I really? Would, yeah, I would totally be like you're str- like you're stretching some of these short stories out. Yeah, but like I've seen, and I remember watching Nightmare and Dreamscapes, and they just stretched some of like the really short ones sure. into an hour, and I was like, they they're going nowhere. Which with is this. like the um the William Hurt one. Yeah, Battleground. Yeah, which is like it's a pretty straightforward. It was like an hour long. Yeah, the one where he bought, he battles basically a bunch of toy soldiers. Never saw it. Yeah, you've read the. Sh- it's in Night Shift. It's I don't like think so. it's a hitman, and he gets this box of toys, and it's, it's all these family toy soldiers. Member. Yeah. And uh, they come to life, and he has to like fight them in his apartment. Oh, nice it's basically like the story in uh, Tales uh, from the Hood. Tales from the Hood. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's almost exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but not. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like some of the Clive Barker kind of fell off of film because I know he's like he dabbles in everything. Yeah. Um, he was big in art. I know that uh, literature. Yeah. I know he, was, he came out with that toy line, uh, Tortured Souls. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Tom McFarland. Yeah, and I remember seeing those at the store. Like they're bizarre. Toys. Are they like yeah. the Cenobites or just? Different? It's like it's like its own story. It was like toys from an original story that okay. he made up. That well, cool. he got sick a couple years, uh, more than a couple years ago. Yeah, like deathly sick. Yeah. Like he was. I mean, I know there was rumors that it was around the same time. I think Wes Craven passed away. I think. Yeah, and everyone was like really afraid that Clive, like something was going to happen to Clive Barker. But he got sick from. Um, ironically weird story got sick from going to the dentist's office oh, and weird. having surgery and an infection got and happened in his tooth oh geez. and it got him like sick and it's like a one in a hundred percent chance of it ever happening yeah or a, like a one in a million chance of it ever happening that's crazy yeah well, hopefully I don't, I don't he's doing well i don't yeah i, I don't know any updates well, yeah. on him. actually heard, yeah right. i completely forgot about that but yeah all right well that's gonna wrap up this week's topic on hellraiser um i would like to do maybe one other one in the future um maybe just maybe. I want to do two. Two. I think two is a good because it's almost a continuation of it's, this one. Dude, two's disgusting. I can't wait. To well, eat, I feel like if we do watch two, the dude, Hellbound. Do you remember it at all? A little bit, but I don't remember how disgusting it is. You remember the guy who like he, he thinks he has bugs on his body all the time? Nope. So they and give him a knife and like, hurry, get the bugs off your oh, body. Yeah, yeah okay. and he cuts himself and that's how they get I think it. I also saw this when I was like eight. So. Yeah, it is. Well, I feel like if we're going to do two, we should do three because I feel like it's a good solid And trilogy. then we should do four after that. And then maybe five. Yeah. And then all ten. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please rate us on any social media platform. Uh, drop us an email or a message if you want to hear us talk about something specifically. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. We enjoy doing it. And we hope you enjoy listening to it. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And I'm Honto. Join us next time in the dark house on the hill. <laughs>
My three friends, Chris, Matt, and Hunter, did a podcast this week on my movie, Hellraiser. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the one. Yeah, that's it. I love it. Like, just watching how it just imploded. Well, because I looked at I Matt, like, and Matt was like, <laughs> Matt was like biting his lip. And I, was like, I, I wasn't looking at him, but I was like looking to, oh my god, this isn't working. It was like such a self destruct moment. Like, <laughs> oh, why are we well, doing this? There's our outtake. Yeah.